Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to another Arsblog Arscast on Arsblog.com in association with OleOle.com. Here I am this week with nothing more potent than a cup of tea with two sugars and just a small little drop of milk. No biscuits, though. Hmm, I'd like a biscuit. I'm not sure what kind of biscuit I would like. Possibly a Garibaldi. Remember those little flat guys with kind of currants in them? I haven't seen them in the shops for years and years. Yeah. I'd like that. Or some Battenberg. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, But anyway, I'm sitting here without any of those things, uh, so my sweet tooth will have to go unsweetened, I suppose, uh, between now and the end of the show. We have got for you a blog chat with an Arsenal blogger, kind of. I'll explain more to you a bit later on. As well as that, the man in the bar will have uh, player history, and we will be going through your all-time cunts 11s. Uh, there was a, a very, very large response uh, to that, uh, so I can't go through them all individually, so I'll explain to you what I've done uh, a little bit later on. Now, uh, since the last Arscast, what's been happening in terms of, of Arsenal? Well, there's, you know, as I said in the blog, there's all this stuff about Thierry Henry. And I'm not really going to comment uh, anymore on speculation from the Spanish press about Thierry Henry, despite its persistence. What I will do is comment slightly uh, on Thierry's comments yesterday about David Dean. He said he was devastated uh, that Dean left, and whatever happened, it wasn't a clever move to allow him to leave. It wasn't so much a case of allowing him to leave. It was more a case of Dean putting himself in a position uh, where his position became untenable. He had to go because he tried to sell the club uh, to Stan Kroenke, and he tried to get other board members to sell their shares to Stan Kroenke without the uh, the knowledge of the board. So you, you just can't have those kind of conditions. And while I appreciate fully uh, the... Uh, the work that he did for Arsenal and, and uh, his part in the success that we've had, you can't behave like that. As well as that, you might question the, the relationship between Dean and some of the players. Um, uh, it's good that he knows everybody at the club, from the under-17s to the tea lady to the janitor. I think that's great. At the same time, though, you can't really have a situation where David Dean's son is Thierry Henry's agent's legal advisor. So when Thierry Henry's agent goes to negotiate with uh, David Dean about Thierry's new contract, the legal advice he's getting is from David Dean's son. If that was Sam and Craig Allardyce, wouldn't we be like going, wait a minute, wouldn't we? So really what I think is that uh, players uh, shouldn't be commenting on boardroom matters because they're not really aware of what's going on or they're only getting uh, one side of things. Um, From our point of view... We've got nothing else to do but talk about them. So it's all right for us. But the players, and particularly the captain, um, I, 
Yeah, maybe it would be better to keep uh, the mouth shut on that. Robert Perez was in the news. He says that Thierry Henry should come and join uh, him in Spain and play for Barcelona. He says he should leave Arsenal because Arsenal are at the end of a cycle and he'd really enjoy it in Barcelona. You see, uh, he's in uh, Valencia, probably living in Valencia, and, and Thierry would be in Barcelona. It's only three hours by train. Uh, they could meet in the middle, meet in Tarragona every week and have some tapas together. Ooh, I'll have the snails. Yes, I'll have the snails too. Ooh, Robert, we all love you. You're a brilliant player. You were a brilliant player. On your day, one of the best players I've ever seen in the world and certainly one of the best players ever to play for Arsenal. But uh, what you said is a little bit naughty, you see. Um, so don't do that again, please, Robert, if you wouldn't mind. You just carry on playing for Villarreal and, um, you know, uh, we'll remember you with fondness and and love in our hearts, uh, but you can't can't go around saying things like that. Uh, talk as well this week about players professing their loyalty to the manager and not so much the club. Um, big things been made of it, but I don't think there's a, a huge amount uh, to worry about. To be honest with you, I think what it tells us uh, more than anything is the impact of Arsene Wenger and what a good manager he is and what a good man he is and, and how much the players uh, like and respect working with him. So it's very difficult uh, to see uh, yourself at the same place uh, without the person that's had such a big uh, impact on your career and on your footballing life it's sort of like being married and being really really happily married and somebody saying well if your wife dies will you get married again straight away you know what i mean maybe it's not quite like that but it's something like that in the sense that that gray is sort of like black but i wouldn't worry too much about it it's very rare that uh, a manager leaves a club and, and a whole pile of players follow with him in fact uh, under arson wenger we've had uh, what you might call wenger players uh, Vieira and Perez, who are both left, uh, even though the manager is still there. So, um, you know, it's all been blown a little bit out of proportion. The other story that caught my eye this week, uh, which I thought was fantastic, was Emmanuel Adibayor talking about uh, how he wants to improve, which is great. He says, I was a good player when I joined Arsenal, but I'm better now and I'm learning and I feel like I'm getting better and he wants to try and do his best. Fantastic. I like that attitude. But what he said uh, about Emmanuel Ibue was fantastic when they were going to the Christmas party uh, at Gilberto's house. Um, uh, they turned up and uh, Emmanuel Ibue came dressed as a tiger. It wasn't a fancy dress party. He just came dressed as a tiger. And when Adibayor walked in the door, he roared at him. That's fantastic. Can you imagine going to a party? Hi, hi, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, there's a tiger standing behind you. But not really a tiger. A right back from the Ivory Coast, dressed as a tiger with a tail and everything. I've slightly warmed to Abue a bit more now. I think he should wear that in every game. Or he could, you know, get together a whole series of big cat costumes. One week he's a tiger, the next a lion. Then he could be an ocelot, then a panther, a cougar, then a leopard... And then when he ran out of big cat costumes and big cats, he could, like, cross a, a tiger with an elephant and make a tilephant costume. Or a lion and a rhinoceros. He could be a linoceros. It'd be awesome. He'd be the most feared right back in all of world football. <sighs> Can't see it happening, though, which is really a bit of a shame. Now on the way, we've got your cunts 11s coming up. Uh, the all-time biggest cunts of all time of all time ever 
cunts uh, to play in the Premiership. Um, that is coming up along with the man in the bar, but now time for a blog chat. This week, uh, instead of speaking to a, an Arsenal blogger with an Arsenal blog, I spoke to uh, an Arsenal blogger in a roundabout sort of a way. He has a blog, and he's an Arsenal fan, but he doesn't necessarily write uh, always about Arsenal. Brant Parsons writes The Other Football, a blog for the Orlando Sentinel newspaper. And you don't know how hard it is to say Orlando Sentinel. Honestly, it's taken me about 18 attempts to say the word Sentinel right. Oh, I did it again. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, as I said, Brandt is an Arsenal fan. His blog is not necessarily about Arsenal, uh, but it's uh, interesting to get a different perspective. So we'll go to Florida now and talk to him. Hi, Brandt. How are you? I'm very well. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Now, you've got a blog uh, for the Orlando Sentinel, uh, which I assume is a really big, important newspaper in the States, yeah? It is. Uh, actually, our uh, sports section is one of the top sports sections in the country. Um, also, I work on the website side, but yeah, it's one of the bigger ones in Florida, and we convinced them to let us have a soccer blog for the World Cup, because I don't know if you noticed know, but Americans thought they were going to do well in the past World Cup. Sure. So, so we were able to convince them to give us a soccer blog for the World Cup, and uh, they just kind of forgot about it and didn't pull the plug on it. And we've been, for our, my colleague Jeff Rubenstein, who's also a, an Arsenal fan, we've just kept going with it since then, and uh, we've built up a little base here. Cool. Um, as an Arsenal fan, I mean, for me, writing my blog every day, it's um, I can be as biased and as partisan as I want, and I can, I can call players that we don't necessarily have a great deal of time for. I can call them terrible names, but you don't necessarily have that uh, privilege. Uh, uh, how is it, as a, a fan of one team, to, to write objectively about, about others? The hardest part, one of the hardest parts of doing a blog like this one, your blog, your set, you know what you're talking about, you know what to look for. We have such a, a wide range of what people want. We have people who are fans of uh, U.S. soccer, so we have to watch the MLS, which... It's, you know, minor league soccer. Uh, we have people who are from England or England fans, so we need to, to, to follow that. We have national team things. It's really hard to, to kind of find that niche because so many different people come to us for different things. When I do try to write objectively, uh, I've raised a stink this past week because I pointed out that Liverpool were the worst fans in the world, but I wasn't the one saying that. It was UEFA saying that, but uh, I basically spent three days being name-called on the blog by Liverpool fans. They might not know. I, I tend not to point out too often that I'm an Arsenal fan when I'm trying to be somewhat unbiased on the blog, but it, there, there are times when you, you just can't resist it, and it just shines through anyway. Sure, and you don't, you don't really want too many Liverpool fans after you, I have to say. <laughs> well, uh, luckily, I think most of them were far enough away that uh, hopefully they'll calm down by the time they'd ever be able to get here to uh, the same. But that, that's the kind of thing that, that comes with the blog. We, we're an equal opportunity offender, so... <laughs> I'm going to, uh, you know, everyone's entitled to my opinion on it, and I'm probably going to give it, but I'm usually not going to, I'm obviously not going to be negative towards Arsenal unless I'm complaining about the lack of form or something like okay. that. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of Arsenal, um, last season, I suppose, was a bit of a disappointment. Do you get to see most of the games over there on, on the cable channels? Thanks to uh, Satellite and a uh, very uh, understanding wife, I can probably watch counting uh, FA Cup, Champions League, uh, even Carling Cup, there are probably only five or six matches I couldn't see this year. Wow. Uh, we're, we're blessed over here, and it's really picked out the last couple of years that if you have a satellite, the different options, 
we get probably seven EPL matches a week. So, and then you know three or four of those are going to be the big, the big four. So sure. there's very, very rarely uh, do I not have access to an Arsenal match. Nice one. Okay. Tell me about uh, what you think, uh, given last season's uh, disappointments, what, what do you think we need to do to improve uh, for the season ahead? I think one of the things that bothered me most about the year was the amount of times when there'd be so much forward pressure and then one slip up and then they'd be down one nil. There's, there's something missing back there. I don't know if, it, if it's Yen getting up in years. I would love for them to find a young goalkeeper to, to be there for, for more than, than a year, you know, year contracts and, and know that he's going to be there for a while. I don't know, you know, where you necessarily find that. I think they're missing uh, an enforcer in the midfield. And, and then, of course, if Club uh, could ever learn how to finish, we don't, we haven't had that 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 outside winger presence that that can score a goal for you, uh, like, like the way Pires did and, and Freddie did when he was in his prime. And I think those are the fact that they're they're able to still put the pressure and still do the things that Arsenal has been so good at, but not be able to finish has been probably the most frustrating thing about it. And that's why you end up in third and fourth place and fighting for those things because you get draws because you're just not getting the job. The, the last part of the job done. I think that'll come with maybe time, and then I think also you, you kind of just, you know, one or two maybe skilled players in the middle could help open that up too. As an Arsenal fan in, in the States and in Florida in particular, is there a big football culture in Florida, and, and do you get to meet up with other Arsenal fans, and is there sort of a community thing going on? Surprisingly, there is a community. It's 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 a small one. You, uh, it, it, it's ironic we're talking about how we can see so many games here and, you know, in the countries where, you know, you would think of England where you should be able to see all the games and they can't. The fact that we're able to watch so much football over here, if you're a fan of it, then you're you're definitely blessed by what you're able to watch. And then there's also kind of that second culture thing where if you find something, it's like we have a secret code. You know, if you find someone who, who is a, a footy fan, then, you're all, you're all of a sudden into this club, and what I've also learned from from doing the blog and being on, there's a lot of Arsenal fans actually in Central Florida, and they're spread out throughout it. But for whatever reason, and they all have different reasons how they came to Arsenal summer uh, transplants from from England. Some of them are just like me, who just picked them because they were you know his favorite to watch or whatnot. And there are places. There's not a lot. But there are places and bars and pubs and places where you can go and 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 watch the games. I, I don't know if we really have necessarily club-specific places where you go. It's just if you find a place that plays plays football on the TV, everybody goes there. And it's just kind of a – it doesn't matter what team you're supporting. You're just happy to be around people that want to watch it. And, and and it doesn't get the kind of press here. So, like I said, you're kind of in this, this club, and, and it's fun that on that respect. Wow. You're sort of like, you know, happy little lepers all together. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, when you're walking, you'd be surprised. And now, living in Orlando, we get a lot of tourists. And luckily, I don't live near all the tourist traps. But if you you do find a lot of people come over here, and you'll be just walking down the street, and you'll see uh, an Arsenal top, or you'll see you know an Arsenal jacket or whatnot, and you point it out. And, and my friend and I do the blog with, uh, as we drive around or if we go places, we'll send a text to each other, hey, I just saw an Arsenal license plate in Fort Lauderdale. And, hey, I just saw this guy wearing... You know, a Sega jersey from way back when. So they're they're out there. It's just a matter of finding them and, and grouping them all together. And, and that's what we're we're trying to do on our blog is is get all the people in Central Florida a place to come where we're going to give you a little bit of everything, and you can read what we think, but then 
say what you think about it. And and we've built a, a small community. It's still growing, but there are people out there, and there there are a lot of Arsenal fans out there. Cool. But how could you not be out of? I don't know how you could pick someone else out of there. No, I, it, it is a, a shocking dereliction of duty, I think, to be supporting another football team. Tell me just quickly before we go about um, Stan Kroenke. What do you know about Stan Kroenke and, and possibly uh, uh, this uh, tendency now for, for guys with big money coming from the States and getting involved in premiership football? Are they thinking that the sort of money they make they can make from uh, American football, it's possible to do that with, with English football? I think there's a little bit of, I think it's a little bit of a business thing. I think it's also a testament to how popular the, the English Premier League has become, and I think that they're looking for ways to make money as as entrepreneurs. Uh, I know uh, most of the ones that are going over there have had professional teams here in the states, and and so now they're they're branching out. Um, I don't know much about him as far as an owner. All of his things are out in Colorado. Uh, I know his the the Avalanche are a well-run team and they've been successful. Um, what he's looking for is, is, I guess it's it's up to anybody at this point. I when I look at someone like Malcolm Glazer, I know why he's doing it because he is a money guy, and I've been able to see. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How he handles things in Tampa and how he's, he's run the Buccaneers. And they've gotten more successful in the NFL, but he is a guy that's made money uh, by owning professional sports teams. And so that's Whereas you have the owner, Achelski, just goes and, and he wanted to have a play thing. I think you see from the American owners, there is uh, there is a side of that that is, that is seeing this as these these huge growth opportunities because uh, the the league is becoming the most popular. If, if it wasn't already, it definitely is now, and and it's starting to become popular even over here in the states. So they're thinking we want to we want to be a part of that. Him as an owner, I I, I really don't know, and and hopefully. Uh, he decides to go elsewhere, in my opinion. But exactly, he can take his Yosemite. I want to see Americans on Arsenal. I don't want to see them owning Arsenal. <laughs> part of the team, not part of the board. Yeah. Yes, I, I can't wait until a U.S. player is, is good enough uh, to even uh, get over there and, and maybe get a game or two, because then I can have someone I can I can really be behind and, and from from the U.S. But I don't necessarily want us owning them, unless it's me. 
Okay. Well, yeah, of course. But uh, it's such a shame we missed out on Kobe Jones all those years ago. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it, he would have been so successful. He and, surely would. As he... Uh, as he's a moderate MLS player. All right. Listen, Brent, thanks a million for taking the time to talk to me. Very interesting to get a, a different perspective on things. And uh, good luck with the blog. I'll keep reading. All right. And I'll, be, I'll obviously keep reading yours because that's uh, the best place to go to find out what's going on. Excellent. With, with my favorite club. Your, your $20 is in the post. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right, man. Bye. And my thanks to Brandt Parsons uh, for taking the time to talk to Arseblog. If you want to check out his blog, it is called The Other Football. You can find it at blogs.orlandosentinel.com forward slash sports underscore soccer blog. Uh, or you can just click on to the Orlando Sentinel. See, it's impossible to say. OrlandoSentinel.com uh, and click on blogs on the top of the page and you'll find his down on the left-hand side. Um, right, before we go, and uh, get into this uh, all-time Kunz 11. Uh, the man in the bar is here, and he has got another player history. Ah, hello there you are again now. Here's me in the pub. Yeah, can you imagine? The alternative is to stay at home and watch Beat Brother. Can you imagine? It's sort of like putting a whole load of retarded people in a, in a glass room with a really, really slippy floor and giving them roller skates and spikes coming up out of the floor so the spikes go in their eyes and things. I, I'm not interested in that, apart from the spiking in the eyes. There's a few people could do with a bit of that. Now, today, I'm going to tell you about a fella who played at centre-half for Arsenal. No, it's not Tommy Caton. No, it's not Steve Bowles. No, it's not Tony Adams. No, it's not David O'Leary. No, it's not Willie Young. No, it's not Martin Keown. It is Andy Linnigan. I always liked his name. I always thought it would, would go well with that song. I got a brand new Andy Lanigan and I'll give you the key. Yeah. yeah, that might just have been me, you see. Anyway, he joined Arsenal from Norwich City, I think it's called, in about 1990 uh, for £1.2 million because at that time George Graham was collecting centre-halves the way that Princess Diana collected Asian heart surgeon lovers. Oh, oh. Now, unfortunately for Andy, he didn't play too much because there were other players ahead of him in the queue, so to speak. But he did have a very, very flat forehead, which enabled him to head the ball further than any other player in the team. As well as that, they did some tests on him, like they did with all the players, and they found out that 10% of his blood was actually Heinz tomato soup, and nobody knows quite how that happened. His big moment came in 1993, so it was, uh, in the FA Cup Final. In the replay of the FA Cup Final, the game finished 1-1, and Jesus was terrible. And then he went to extra time, and in the very last minute of extra time, there was a corner, uh, and he had a broken nose, you see, that's how brave he was, but he didn't head it with his nose. Anyway, he came up for the corner, Andy Linnigan, and that great big forehead pummeled the ball in and Arsenal won the cup oh Jesus I got drunk that night I tell you I think I wet myself and three other people that's how drunk I got anyway he stayed at Arsenal till about 1997 even though he only played three more games for the club and then he went to Crystal Palace and then he went to Oxford United which was not a good move because they got relegated nowadays he leads a quiet life and designs jigsaw puzzles that only autistic people can solve. It's true.
The man in the bar will, of course, be back with another player history on next week's Arscast. Don't forget, the Arscast is sponsored by OleOle.com. If you haven't checked it out, it is a football community website where you can join up, get your own blog, post stories, uh, make friends in a in an internet way. And not a scary internet way, either. You can just find like-minded football people uh, to uh, to do things with. No touching, just good things. So click on to www.oleole.com. Now, last week I asked you, because uh, the, the time was so short and we had so little to talk about, if you wouldn't mind sending me in uh, your all-time cons 11 um, so we can have something to talk about this week. Now, uh, there was a big, big response, so it's not possible to go through them all individually. So what I've done is sort of uh, totted up who got what, who got uh, how many votes and nominations and what have you, and I've put together the team in a 4-4-2 formation um, from front to back, or from back to front, or even left to right. No, from goalkeeper to strikers. Um, the overwhelming uh, winner of the goalkeeping award uh, was Peter Schmeichel, um, by miles, he must have got ninety percent of all the votes in everybody's team. Uh, he was in there. The one there were some um, uh, there were some others in there. David James was in there. Uh, Mark Bosnich was in there. Uh, former Spurs keeper Eric Torsvet was in there for some reason. And a number of people actually had Jens Lehmann in their all-time cunts eleven. I know Jens is a cunt, but he's our cunt, which means he's not really a cunt. He's a good cunt, not a bad cunt. You see, right back another absolute shoe in here. Uh, two guesses. Yeah, Gary Neville. Uh, also nominated in that position were Phil Neville, uh, Danny Mills, and Pascal Chimbonda. Um, yeah, again, he got about, I would say, uh, 90% of all the votes. Centre half, again, an overwhelming choice as the first centre half, uh, was John Terry. Um, not a surprise to anybody, I suppose, but John Terry was in a lot of people's teams. Uh, the other one, it was quite close. And there were some good choices. Neil Ruddock, uh, people might remember him being involved with Patrick Vieira and just being a fat prick, generally. Gary Mabbott. Uh, Andy Todd was in there. You remember the guy that uh, elbowed Robin Van Persie and is, you know, uh, just one of those guys. And Marco Matarazzi, uh, from his time at Everton, got a number of votes. But the winner, just about, was Rio Ferdinand, the wonky-lipped, wide-boy, forgetful cunt himself. So he is uh, a good partnership at centre-half with John Terry. I don't need to tell you who's the left-back, do I? No. Again, landslide victory uh, for Ashley Cole. Uh, he was in most teams. There were a couple of other nominations. Uh, some people put, like, Phil Neville on the left-hand side so they could nominate Gary Neville, you know, on the right or put in more um, cunty centre-halves. The only other uh, nominations in that one were uh, Julian Dix, uh, ex of West Ham, and Graham Lasso, who was, indeed, a very irritating man. Uh, right midfield, uh, there were some good choices for this one. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo was nominated. Uh, El Hadji Juf was nominated. Jermaine Pennant nominated. Um, the winner on the right-hand side of midfield is Lee Bowyer. Yes, the man who fell down after pretending to be elbowed by Dennis Bergkamp. And we know that Dennis would never elbow anyone bastard Bowyer. Uh, left wing. Uh, nominations included, uh, again, Cristiano Ronaldo was in there, David Ginola, 
Uh, he was there. Arjen Robin was there, but the winner. And I think it was his goal in the 1999 FA Cup semi-final uh, that swung this for him. Ryan Giggs. Not especially cunty in general, but just for that one moment and that hairy chest and that celebration uh, that nobody wants to be reminded of. So I do apologize. But, you know, I did ask. Uh, Ryan Giggs is on the left-hand side. Uh, central midfield. Um, this was a, a tough one to sort of break down because there were a lot of, uh, a lot of nominations. Uh, some unusual ones like uh, Andy Townsend that you've kind of forgotten about I don't remember him being especially cunty Roy Keane was there Dennis Wise indeed one of my favourite ever Arsenal pictures is is uh, Robert Pires uh, pretending to slap uh, or just about to slap uh, Dennis Wise in his first season at Arsenal is a brilliant picture I must put that up on the side again uh, Tim Sherwood uh, ex of Blackburn Rovers and Spurs that's a good one Paul Lentz is there Joey Barton there uh, but the two that came out on top were Robbie Savage I don't think anyone can really argue with that and the other one uh, yes by process of elimination it is Frank Lampard Strikers lots of nominations but two of them uh, just stood up uh, above the rest. Uh, nominations included Craig Bellamy, Nicholas Anelka, Robbie Keane, Wayne Rooney, Didier Drogba, and Alan Shearer got a lot of votes, I have to say. A lot, a lot of votes. But by a country mile, uh, the two uh, most cunty strikers of all time, a uh, cunty mile, perhaps I should say. Anyway, the two most uh, horrible strikers that you have voted are Rude van Nistelrooy and, yes, it's Teddy Sheringham. So that's your cunts 11. Schmeichel, Gary Neville, John Terry, Rio Ferdinand, Ashley Cole, Lee Bowyer, Ryan Giggs, Robbie Savage, Frank Lampard, Van Nistelrooy, and Teddy Sheringham. They are a team that would make you get them into an airship. Uh, call that airship the Hindenburg and then recreate history. That's what you do with that. Thanks to everybody uh, who took the time to actually uh, write in uh, with your team. Sorry I can't go through them individually, and sorry I can't name-check everybody, uh, but your emails, uh, although they remain unanswered, are very, very much appreciated, so thanks again. And that's just about it for this week's Arscast, although a couple of little things uh, to go on with. I have swapped my uh, cup of tea, because I'm recording this a little bit later, uh, for a big bottle of Czech lager. It is uh, Staropramen, or Staropramen, or Staropramen. How do you pronounce that? Anyway, whatever the fuck, it's delicious. Uh, the other story, the other story, apart from me drinking my beer, is that Frank Ribery has gone to Real Madrid. Long linked with Arsenal, but they have spent £17 million on Frank Ribery, which, you know, makes me glad we didn't spend that kind of money. If Arsenal had £17 million to spend, and the choice was between buying Frank Ribery and £17 million worth of cola bottles, which are little chewy sweets for those of you who don't know what they are, and you're missing out, I would prefer that Arsenal bought the cola bottles, because that way they could provide a bag of sweets for everybody who went to every game uh, of next season. Now, granted, cola bottles aren't going to score you goals, but then maybe neither is Frank Ribery. He could, you know, get a cruciate uh, injury in his, uh, in his first week, but everybody could enjoy the cola bottles for the whole season. They're only a penny each, £17 million by one penny. That's a Fucking lot of cola bottles. So our search for a winger goes on. Uh, Maluda was linked uh, during the week, and um, I'm not quite sure how accurate that information is, but it did come from a good source. Um, but we have to wait and see. As you know, with transfers, anything can happen, and when it comes to Arsenal, not very much happens. Uh, as I'm recording this tonight, I'm getting word of a story that's going to run in tomorrow's newspapers in Spain, uh, El Mundo. A story fed by 
uh, FC Barcelona to El Mundo, saying that Thierry Henry has uh, told Barcelona that he is in agreement with them. He'd like to join them. That's what he says, because Barcelona put down these conditions, allegedly, uh, that after last year, uh, they said, well, look, you have to uh, give us your assurances that you will join, and then we'll go talk to Arsenal. Of course, it's all tapping up and and jolly illegal and all that, uh, but... Uh, this is what the story is going to run in tomorrow's uh, El Mundo or Sport. I'm not quite sure which paper, but there you go. So we'll wait and see what happens with that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Fiction, isn't it? Or is it? Who can tell? With the Spanish newspapers, they just sort of throw so much shit that eventually some of it sticks. Um, Thierry's comments about David Dean and Arsenal player for now and blah, 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 blah. Uh, anyway, whatever happens with this, it's going to make for an interesting uh, few days uh, to see what the fallout from this is, whether there's fallout from Henri, from Barcelona, from Arsenal Football Club, or whether a statement is going to be made. I, you would have to uh, assume that uh, should... Uh... Sorry, I'm scratching my eye. I'll be back in a second. Yeah, do you ever get an itchy eye? Fucking really annoying, isn't it? The more you scratch it, the more itchy it gets. It's sort of like reverse itch. Normally, when you scratch an itch, it goes away. Anyway, uh, you would have to think that uh, should Barcelona release uh, such a story to the newspaper that Thierry Henry has said he will join them, uh, that some kind of reply will be forthcoming from from Arsenal. We'll discuss that probably on next week's Arscast. So until then, have yourselves a very good weekend. It looks like the sun is going to shine for most of the weekend here. So I am going to go uh, down to the coast and sit in a bar and drink beer and watch the sun and the sea, but not get in the sea because the sea here is fucking freezing. It's the same temperature in the winter as it is in the summer, more or less. So uh, there's fucking no chance of me getting in, but I'll watch other people get in and come out blue. Uh, Have a good weekend. I'll talk to you all next week on the blog. Bye. Hello, I'm Tony Adams, and you're listening to the Arsecast on Arsblog.com. And I wrote a poem about the Arsecasts. In fact, not just a poem, it is a whole musical that I wrote about the Arsecast. It is set in the key of C minor, and it goes a little bit like this. Oh, Arsecast, you are a very good Arsecast indeed, and... You make me feel a lot better than I did before I listened to it. Oh Jesus Christ, I'd love a fucking beer. There you go. It is a very short musical, uh, but I am writing another one all about Steve Bowles' left testicle. Uh, Thank you very much.